Hello and welcome to Harold Hay. It's Corey Vaughn with Adam Samaha. Uh, and today we're talking about The High Life, which is the second season episode written by Lisa Kite. Yes, that's her name. Also, Lisa is spelled L-E-S-A. Beautiful. Uh, Rachel Littman uh, is, uh, wrote the story and it's directed by Derek Dryman. Uh, lots of great names in the Harold production crew. Fantastic names. Um, today's great. Uh, we talk about economics and we talk about ego. individualism. Yes, greed. Um, a dash of feminism. Just a dash. Well, just for good. Every episode has a dash of feminism. Exactly. You got to do it. Um, yeah, we had fun talking about it. We hope you have fun listening to it. Uh, you know what else we ha- hope you have fun doing? Rating and reviewing. That's right. Surprising. Shocking. Surprising. Every episode, we're going to ask you to do it. Uh, email us hey.handledhey at gmail.com. Um, Google. Wait, patreon.com slash hey yeah that's where you i think you fill in um your bank account number and then you can your direct deposit for your paychecks will go directly into our bank account yeah adam's being really sincere right now yeah he's like but, rolling his eyes while he's saying it yeah because we don't want to work anymore we want to just do this yeah and that's important to us so it's important, it's important to you to, the listener but mostly important to us yeah if it, yeah we like hey we like it's not even that we like harold although we do it's that we like watching cartoons and talking about them way more than normal work yeah well no this is normal work it's just not this the, is abnormal other... work i don't disagree really it's 2017 man true so we're working for free uh yeah no that's not true we're pros 25 cents a month baby a or month? no um a, a dollar 25 cents a week a dollar a month yeah Math's Whoever that hard. person is that did that, this is why we're not. You're an angel. This is why we're not uh, working in STEM. Yeah, fuck STEM. That's what I'm saying. Hey, screw STEM. Steam. <laughs> Steam. Yes. Yeah. We're part of Steam. Steam. Yeah. A is art, guys. Oh, nice. Uh, thank you for tuning in and keeping our numbers above uh, five listens a week. Um, <laughs> and and no, if you can far- make it through this intro, I promise this is one of our best episodes. Yeah. It very natural. Not. A, it, you know what? Uh, other than the old the old brain box, um, the prep uh, our prep came out very quickly. Like we knew very quickly what we wanted. We to talk just about. felt this one in our soul, and yeah, this is a feisty episode, and this is a feisty intro, and but you should be feeling feisty. We don't get political. No, not at all. We actually don't. We no. do get we get uh, economical economical for sure. <laughs> uh, hey, um, enjoy. Thank you. Enjoy. The High Life features Gerald in a prominent role. Uh, once again, he makes a sweeping promise, only to crash and burn by the end of the episode. Uh, he sees a couple uh, sick rollerblades hanging uh, in a storefront window, and he uh, promises Arnold, I will get those skates. Of course, Arnold calls him out. Uh, How are you going to get that money? And Gerald kind of flings out this uh, flyer that is about uh, wacko watches. Um, it, it literally says on the page, get rich quick. Uh, and Arnold's like, uh, those are bogus, right? And Gerald says no. And that's the plot. The plot thus starts. 
uh, he uh, it cuts to him receiving the watch. Oh no, the first thing is him and his dad have a discussion about basically the value of a dollar, and his dad decides to co sign a loan, if you will. That's the only way Gerald can get um, his shipment of watches. And when he gets them, he uh, finds out that he's a pretty natural salesman. He sells his box within a few days. Um, around the whole town, there's a nice montage of him selling selling watches. Um, and uh, kind of a, cor a, a street corner <laughs> sale as well. Uh, and so he ends up he ends up calling Wacko Watches to ask for an advance on his order, um, which gets the the owner, who's this creepy turtle of a guy, um, you, you love his face, right? Yeah, he has the best face in the entire show. Wow, sweeping. Uh, but Just like Gerald. Yeah, he has a giant face with a giant head with a tiny face. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so he, so uh, the the owner, Mister Wacko, uh, he is very excited. He's he kind of monologues to himself, "Oh, uh, another another one, another kid to to fool. Uh, he'll he'll get super, he'll he'll get in over his head." Uh, and it cuts to Gerald, kind of, kind of, you know, he sells some watches, he has some money, and so he's just he's pretty excited to uh, to to take the next step, uh, which is playing a bunch of uh, games at an arcade and buying all of his friends a bunch of games simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. It's actually I, I have that memory of this episode of thinking like this is the coolest anyone has ever been. He's playing like three arcade games at the same time. It's awesome. And then he buys all of his friends ice cream, runs out of money, uh, and goes to, you know, sell more watches. And uh, um, he doesn't do too well because he's saturated the market. <laughs> so he's not selling anything. Um, and one little point from earlier is that his dad uh, uh, earlier had asked him, like, why, like, can, how can you afford this phone and these business cards? And Gerald is, like, so set that, like, he's on the right path. He's giving away money. He gives his sister Timberly a dollar just because he likes the way she looks, which is weird. Because uh, it's just going to get her to expect uh, the dollar all the time. Because she always looks like herself, right? Um, that's just a little point I forgot to mention is that like his confidence is that he's buying the things that an adult would need to sell watches, not what a kid could have, possibly. Um, so he's, he's in over his head. Uh, and in fact, another shipment comes... And him and Arnold uh, are plotting what to do. But basically, like, in this moment, Gerald is literally surrounded by boxes of watches. He opens up a door and um, uh, watch boxes of watches fall out and he's pacing. But him and Arnold come up with an idea to basically con the con man. So he goes back to Mr. Wacko and acts like he's a big shot and he needs more watches and he's been selling them all. And so he ends up he ends up selling um, all of his watches back to Mr. Wacko, which is great. That's you know he he's out of the hole, except not really. This is where he truly learns the value of a dollar. His dad approaches him um, and says, "Hey, we got to settle up. You got bills coming in for the phone, for the fax machine, for the beeper, for the business cards." So Gerald's down to one dollar, which he gives Timberly at the end, and he never got the skates he wanted. Uh, yeah, this is uh, classic Gerald fails episode uh which you know uh off mic adam and i were talking about how that's his like common trope and i think at least between the three main characters you know helga is very torn between her quote good and her quote bad side arnold is a fixer and gerald uh he has a huge ego he really thinks that he has it all under control 
and over and over again he falls flat on his face the last episode where he you know moves out of his parents house because he thinks it's gonna be perfect he then has to kind of bite his eat his own words uh and ask if he can move back um so this is this is a similar episode um i think this is a little bit more uh somber um there are a few moments where gerald really feels the weight of uh the american economy on his shoulders um and he feels he i mean like he's clearly screwed and he knows it um yeah, I think this episode is Harold's most seething critique of capitalism so far. <laughs> I, you know, when I was watching it, I was like, Adam's going to be ready to talk about this <laughs> so fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good episode that shows the practical problems, both of being a salesman, just in general, regardless of the con behind it, but also how easy it is for the greedy to take advantage of people who are wanting to get a leg up. Yeah, I think, and you mentioned Gerald, um, his, his ego, he also has like this hyper individualist mentality. Mm-hmm. And like when he moves out of his house, right, he, right. Like, he doesn't need anybody. He can go out on his own. Um, also, we'll probably get into it later about this episode. This episode is like that, another example of his uh, individualism as well, but like in sort of like econ- an economic fashion. Um, but yeah, this episode is very good. Yeah, I think it's, Nice, uh, melancholy, somber tone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Before we jump in, we'll we'll play a scene that uh, I think has both some practical like conversation that uh, is thematically important for the story, but also just the tone of, of Gerald's kind of panic setting in is pretty good. Um, it's a scene where him and Arnold are discussing like basically what to do. Because uh, uh, let me paint a picture. Uh, Gerald is in... Uh, I guess like the main hallway of his house, like right when you enter into it and there are just stacks of boxes filled with wacko watches and he, he's pacing around back and forth. Yeah. He's pacing around and there's, there's two moments in this episode where Gerald, uh, where, where boxes fall out of a closet. And I, it's interesting cause this, this episode is mostly about, um, Gerald's ego and then also about, uh, like capitalism and greed. Um, but I think the subtext is, um, Anything that anytime you're in over your head with anything, whether it's something like this or if it's addiction or shame, whatever it is, um, you're going to do everything you can to like hide that in the, in, in a closet, you know, in a, in a metaphorical closet. And I, I don't know. I like the, it's a, it's like for a kid watching the show, it's very, um, it's a very practical example of what shame looks like, which is it's, it's, it's coming out of the, yeah, can you try to hide things? You can't. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this scene in general is like overall um, has a lot of good points to it. So it, it's pretty simple. There aren't. There's not really any monologues. It's just a little bit of dialogue between Arnold and Gerald. But let's uh, let's give it a listen. Ah, uh, don't worry. Tomorrow will be better. Yeah. And you only have a few hundred watches left to sell. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. Another week's worth of watches for you to sell, Mister Johansson. Selling all these watches is going to be a challenge. No challenges on just opportunities. Sorry, I forgot one. Oh, man. What am I going to do now? You can sell these watches. You're a great salesman. Arnold, if I'm so great, why am I surrounded by all these watches I can't sell? Look at this! Look, the only reason you can't sell any more watches is because you saturated the market. So what am I going to do now, smart guy? Calm down, Gerald. I have an idea. You're going to sell those watches, and you're 
gonna sell them all to one person. So that scene has, uh, you know, some practical realities, uh, some of which are really great uh, economic lessons for nine-year-olds. So the first, Arnold just straight up says, you're a good salesman, clearly. You've sold a bunch of these. Uh, so that sets kind of the conflict of Gerald's predicament is Gerald's not necessarily doing anything slash everything wrong. Like, he was wrong to sign up for it, but but he's a good salesman. And then it kind of loops back around to Arnold and he gives the other piece of it, not advice, but like he's calling out what he's seeing. So the first is that Gerald's a good salesman. The second is, is that he oversaturated the market, um, which is basic economics that even me who got a C in my economics class in high school, my worst class in high school by far, I understood it. I understood it at nine. It's a nice, it's a nice little, uh, nice education for the nine year old. And that's the extent of my economic understanding. And so I'm excited to hear uh, Adam's take on. Well, this is, yeah, this is not real. I'm not going to dive into it at all, really. But besides, I think this, this, this scene is very interesting because it tackles the two things that we mentioned, which is his ego and his individualism at the same time. Right, right. So in this moment, his ego is crashing to a halt. Yeah, yeah. And also around he, him. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's also having to reach out to Arnold and have Arnold sort of walk him through and help him analyze the situation and what to do going out of it. And I think also what happens is very interesting, I guess, in an economic way is that Arnold's critique of the situation is that like, it's it's not very deep. It's basically like you're good at your job, but like this basic economic thing happened, which is you oversaturated the market. And the, while those things are true, that's not the reason that he's really in this situation. Right, right. Like the more like uh, subliminal things that are going on are the things that we're talking about. Right, right. Which is like uh, the excess of capitalism is one of them. Yeah. The other thing is sort of like the individualistic drive uh, that is required within that sort of capitalist neoliberal setting. And the way that the way that like the, the dark – so the dark underbelly of capitalism, uh, which is always part of like, I'm not saying that as a way of like lessening the problems with it. I just mean like, I guess the other side of the coin of capitalism, the, ne- the, the negative version of it is they take a person's ego who might see something as failure, like, oh, I'm failing, which, yeah, like the reality, like, even if you turn it around right now, you're failing, but they make it all their own. Ger- they make the, the, the brunt of it all of on the individual yes and yes and gerald's response um he, he kind of gives a pat uh, like a pat response which is no challenges no failure just opportunity totally which is it doesn't allow for structural critique yeah, it's and, all on you yeah and it's not only wrong but it also is like there's wrong in that like it's not enough it's not it like you could you could say that and believe it and maybe even succeed from it, but that's not the only response necessary. Totally. Like sometimes it's just a faulty system, or sometimes it's a, a con. Like in this situation. Yeah, and and I think what what that saying is doing, which is uh no what is it no challenges just opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's like making you view this like fucked up situation in the like most positive light yeah, possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and then which in turn puts the onus on you to do well. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do well, it's your own individual failing. Also what goes on is like, uh, capitalism necessarily creates excess. 
And yeah, which Marx would say creates sows the seeds of its own destruction through mm-hmm. that access, essentially. Who? Uh, this little guy named beard wow. man named Marx, but so <laughs> he was known mostly for his beard. His beard. He's Secondly, beard. for his philosophical and economic uh, theories. But yeah. go on. And and um, so and I think that's like the thing of the idea of oversaturation. I think a Marxist critique of that would be that is inherent within capitalism. Right. Right. The idea of oversaturation is just inherent in uh, yeah in capitalism, like I just said a moment ago. Um, but I don't know. I think that this situation or this this scene is very interesting, and it ties back to another thing that I noted. Uh, while watching it, which is the whole time the episode is going on, you see him with a cell phone, mm-hmm. you see him with a desk, he looks really flashy, like he's fucking killing it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. He, it's like when you're driving down the freeway and you like look over and you're like, whoa, that guy's got like a fancy ass Mercedes, like he's got a suit on. He's probably killing the game. Yeah. That guy might be in over his head in debt. Yeah. Like you have yeah. no idea what his actual, like uh, his financial situation uh, is. No, no. The way you can tell is if they have a, a half drank monster in the car oh, that yeah. means they're damn crushing it <laughs> uh, which actually i i went it's uh, like it, legal cocaine when i was in when i was in college um i uh, maybe a little bit after but i was i was at a, a grocery store and i was just in line ordering you know four or five things <laughs> and it was like one of the speed aisles so people were only ordering like you know five to 15 yeah. items so i'm i'm there and directly behind me is a guy maybe three years older than me in a suit and tie and mind you this is like two in the afternoon and uh, he is in. He's in a suit and tie, and all he's buying is a Monster Energy drink. That's it. And <laughs> my assumption is that he had a really good day, and he's that's his reward. Like his yeah. reward is, damn, I'm crushing it today. I deserve a Monster. See, I would see that as, I need something to get me through this miserable fucking day, and that maybe shows our disposition. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, I, I that would be you, you and me. That yeah. would be why we get a monster. Yeah. I mean, the only way I would get it is if I had no other option. for I caffeine. think if I was going to buy a gun to kill myself before I would have a monster as well, I would exactly. Never drink no, no, exactly. No, I'm on the same page. But I think I think people who uh, commonly drink energy yeah. drinks, it's a reward for them. Totally. It's like it's like damn or a necessity. Yeah, it's like an adrenaline boost. Yes, it's like totally. it's like I've used I used up so much damn energy to get that sale <laughs> that I can now making deals. like making deals left and right. I got more deals to make. Yeah, I'm crushing it now. I need to keep crushing it. That's kind of the way like totally. I see that. Anyway, so, uh, hold on. Let me finish. What I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> so finish what you're gonna yeah. say. <laughs> anyway, so let me, let me go on. Uh, no, no, that's what I meant. Go, you go ahead. <laughs> so, um. Oh, so this whole time, like you're seeing him on the cell phone, you're seeing him with his feet kicked up. He's like, I, I don't want to deal with these fucking middle managers. I want to toss. I want to talk to the CEO type mentality, and I can say the word pussy because that's no, what someone stop, stop, in stop. his position would say. He's not saying it anymore. He's not saying it anymore. Go ahead, keep no, going. But that's what some sort of yeah, yeah, hyper masculine yes. jock, like yes. jock in an office setting, would use that word. Yes, I damn, I'm personally would not use yeah, it. Never, yeah. yeah. So, I don't, don't bother me with that middle management shit. Let me talk to the CEO mentality. So he's Which doing he, all he that. He does say that he does. Well. Yeah. He, so <laughs> yeah, I'm just quoting him. And he, he doesn't say the P word, but. Yeah, or the shit would. word. Yeah. So he. Um, so, okay. So then that goes on and you're like, whoa, Gerald's really crushing it. Yeah. He's like half Red Bulling it in that scene. And then the next, at the very end, you see basically his dad come to him with a list of bills. And you realize his dad's been bankrolling the whole thing from the beginning. Gerald's not paying for the cell phone or the phone line. He's not paying for yeah, all that stuff yeah. or the business cards. His dad's paying for it. And I think that means he's been living in debt that entire time. Oh, interesting. He's been spending yeah, beyond yeah. his means. Yes. So I think that sort of mentality um, 
that to me was like a very telling moment about sort of adding to the situation we were talking about earlier, which is like the idea of excess in all fashion. And that to be a salesman, and a lot of the salespeople do the fake it till you make it thing, and that's a yeah, way of getting by. Yes, yes. And Gerald is is like is, is like a good cartoon childlike yeah, example of yeah. that. I was wondering. We don't usually do this. Could we could we play a second clip and play uh, the dad? No, we can't. We need to end. keep going. We need to keep this train going. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's play. Okay. It's a. This is a clip with his dad trolling him at the end. Arnold, I did it. I'm indeed a master salesman. So what are you gonna do with all the money? Well, first. Hey, GM. Glad to see you. Oh, hi, Dad. How's business, son? Oh, fine. What's up? Well, we have a few money matters to take care of. Uh, sure. What do you need? Let's see here. There's the bill for your new phone line. Okay. The beeper. Fine. The bill for your fax machine. Fine. And your business card. Okay. Good to see you learned the value of a dollar, son. <sighs> One dollar. After selling all those watches. Man, making money is expensive. Hey, Gerald, do you like my face? Huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. So how are you going to get those blades again? What I love about Gerald's dad, uh, and you see the same thing in the last episode, is that his first reaction always to his son being a dope He's like, what? That dope? I'm going to, like, teach him not to be a dope. Uh, and then Gerald puts his foot down and, like, says, like, kind of folds his arm and says, no, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. And, and and then Gerald's dad just kind of washes his hand and says, all right. And and so in both the last episode and, and here in the clip you just heard, he, he approaches uh, Gerald with kind of an, I say troll, but it's not just that. It's like. It's, it's like a teachable an, moment. Yeah, it's like an I told you so teachable yeah. moment. And you can hear the glee behind his dad in that moment. Like, like Gerald totally understands yeah. like, what he's done. <laughs> and he realized that's like his preferred parenting style. Yeah, I know. Totally. It's like he, it's like he wa- walks away with two, like guns yeah. out, you know, yeah. with his two fingers, like catch you later, bucko. Yeah. Like there's no, um, and you know, like uh, he's not he razzes a, him a little. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love, th- I love that, uh, that I don't know, nuanced character development. It's not. I mean, he's not even a main character. He's barely in it. Anyway, I wanted to just pause with that funny bit. Um, there's a lot more to talk about. Though. I'm sorry. Let's. Oh no, no, no. jump you, back in. No, you can. Oh, so, so here, here. This couple... isn't just about me. Well, I want to hear what the commie has to say. <laughs> um, so, I, what I, a couple things that I. Um, yeah, resonated with one is, um, when you make, especially back then, there was a lot more opportunities to make cat, make straight up cash. Now there's like direct deposit is such a, like a, there's, a, that's oh, like yeah. the only way, like everything's with credit card. Um, unless you're in the service industry. Right. So the, that's why I kind of feel what Gerald feels. Oh yeah, totally. Because Gerald, Gerald made that hard cash. He's got yeah. it in his fingers, you know, like he's not, he, he they're handing him cash because they didn't have square back then, like a, like a card reader, like he, like for, for like portable, you know, he's making straight cash and he's like, what am I going to do? I want to play video games. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go buy with cash, a suit and tie, and I'm going to spend all of my money on ice cream. And I feel that pain. I, I remember like, like getting off serving shifts and literally going right out with my money, going drinking with friends and stuff, buying people drinks like an idiot. And then like spending all of my tip money for that night. Yeah. Like a, yeah. like a fool. Yeah. And, and, there's something I think what did I write down. I wrote down 
like him playing for like games at once is like you drinking two drinks at one time. It's a waste. It's yeah, a complete it's a, waste. It's a total like waste. It, to play one game and then yeah. decide after the game's over, I'm going to play another. Yeah. That's reasonable. But yeah. to, to play three, you're not getting the full experience. He's double fisting. Yeah. It's not worth it. I wrote down um, money in your pocket doesn't mean anything. No. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I, oh, and Unless I, you don't have money in your pocket. What I mean is just like, especially when it's a ca- more cash heavy job. Yeah. Your mentality is so different. Your mentality, you think that you have all the money in the world. And that it'll just keep coming. And it will, but but if you spend it on ice cream and yo-yos, <laughs> like, we're, 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 I don't know. I mean, it. I, so I, I feel for it, but I think it's just, yeah, it's burning a whole- That short-term mentality. But I think what's fascinating about that is the sales thing and serving is this way too. It like perpetuates that mentality. Yeah. Yep. It's like yep. the, the fact that you're seeing these transactions go down so quickly, like it, it, it just, it, it also becomes a way that you spend your money as well, which is what you're essentially saying. Yeah. I mean, you think like, oh, I got uh, on a slow day on, on a, on a, on a big day. You're like, oh great. This is going to be my like gas money and food money for the, for the next week or whatever. Yeah. Right. But on a day where you're like, I worked a Tuesday morning for two hours. I made 20 bucks. Like yeah. horrible day. You're like, like screw it. I'm going to go to chipotle and double down like totally two tortillas you know two tortillas make it two (laughs) um i i i think like our slow day is similar to gerald's big day like yeah i I think that kind of um uh yeah you think he's making a bunch of money but really when he pays his dad out he's not making that much no he's not um i also I, i i'm interested in the conversation behind him giving a dollar to timberly saying, hey, I like your face. And she's like, oh, thanks, and accepts it. And then at the end of the episode, she repeats that that habit. She says, do you still like my face? Could I still have a dollar? That's called welfare. <laughs> no, that's not. Kidding, you know? <laughs> no, we're, I, I'm, we're for welfare. But I I'm think, for welfare. I'm yeah. just joking. No, I know. That's, I, the, that's the argument that... Uh, totally. Yeah, I think that you develop a dependency. I think. Is yeah, critique. that's the, yeah. that's a critique. Yeah. Um, so, but I think which what, is there, but that's not the that's not what it's there for. No, this is my episode. Remember, so we're not oh, yeah, making yeah. fun of welfare in this episode. I'm hey hey, <laughs> I'm on Obamacare. Thanks, <laughs> literally, thanks Obama. <laughs> but fuck you, Trump. He just ra- so on a little thing. He, my health insurance for next year because he like pulled funding is going up twenty eight percent. I haven't even looked yet. I'm Don't. scared. You'll cry. So, okay, moving on. Um, what what that is like, it's the very beginning of like the objectification of women yes. due to wealth is what goes on. Whoa, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, totally. I, like, oh, that's all I'm good for is yes. looks. Yes. Very good. It cha- It immediately changes his mentality once the money starts rolling in. And what, what I think is hilarious though, because I – so back to the serving analogy. I had a friend, very beautiful woman. She gets made a lot of tips serving. At restaurants. That's the reality. Yes. And in this restaurant, she had to wear sort of skimpy-ish clothes. Like, she's like a cocktail waitress, essentially. Made a lot of money, right? So she, the things these older men, a lot of them, who are tipping her a lot, say. Can I Can I just ask one question? Yeah. I was at a wedding the other day, and the the, the DJ or whatever, he yeah. said, now that the wedding's over, go to the courtyard and enjoy some cocktail. Yeah. Don't you say cocktails? Yeah, he must have misspoke. Or he that said was it twice, like, though. Yeah, that might have been a weird, weird, sort of, weird habit. No, no, or 
I don't know. Like, sounds sexual. Yeah, it makes it sound more sexual. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but it was in my head. Okay, so, <laughs> so your friend, your so, okay, yeah. So, I interrupted your story with my story. <laughs> me, 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 me. So, now you. So now this you. back to Harold. So th- sort of. So so she so she these men would objectify her essentially and pay her a lot of money. But what she would do in turn was she would then play them to get more money. So when she right. realized the yeah, scenario yeah. was you're gonna objectify me for money. Then I'm going to ham it up, and you're, I'm going to get as much fucking money out of you as possible. Yeah. Right. That's what his sister does to yep, him. Yep. Yep. She gets objectified, and at the very last scene, she takes his last dollar by hamming it up and playing for him. Like, oh, I thought that you know you thought this way about me. Where's my money? And so it's like that's fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah, like her good. accepting the terms of the arrangement, mm. objectification, and then sort of getting as yes, much and. money out of it, yes, as possible. She's yes ending. That's right. Improv yeah. class is what she usually does. Yeah, and. You know, oh, that's interesting. Like, I think what when I was a kid seeing that, you didn't think about it in that context. No, no. <laughs> so, fifteen years ago, when I more than that, oh my gosh, we're so old. No, we're not. We're young. Twenty years ago, when I first watched this show, uh, we're only twenty-one. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. Uh, I think when I saw that, it's like, oh, that's what like old-timey businessmen say. Yeah, because they were creeps. Like, yeah. hey, like, like he, Gerald picked that up from his dad's friends. That's yes. who he picked it up from. Yes, talking like that. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I um, don't let his pocket protector fool you. So, so Gerald's dad. It's it's really funny uh, to think about how last episode with Gerald, when his parents show up, um, he says to his mom when she, when he opens the door, he goes, "Mommy," but he means it in a um, in a uh, like a childlike way. Like yeah. it's like. He's been in war and he can't help but say it. <laughs> he says daddy this episode, but it's like daddy-o. But he doesn't say daddy He just goes, thanks, daddy. See ya. Like, yeah. And it's it, it's the same like childish term. But, totally. But, but like on the other side. So he says yeah, mommy yeah. on like the – on the – back end of pain totally and he says daddy like yeah i don't yeah. know it's just an interesting word his play that, language. Yeah, yeah yeah no it, it's like oh yeah it's like showing his confidence like hamming it up like that yeah like he's so it, part of it's the acting and part of it's the character himself but it's it's really good um it's really good it's a really good characterization of him and yeah he they really they ham up his ham up totally i like it yeah yeah no it's fantastic um what do you have to say about the guy who owns Wacko Watches? Uh, not a lot. I think he's like very obviously just a con man. Yeah, an easy villain. A- easy villain, but he's easily conned as well. That's true. So That's right. yeah, because and I think it's because in that moment, like Gerald, all he wants to do is make him make money, so he's willing to be conned. The guy who owns Wacko's is making money, but when he realizes he has the potential to, pay, to make more money, yeah. that he's more easily conable because he's in the needy situation, the right, needy position right. as well. So kind of he becomes Gerald in the sense that mm. he becomes easily conned mm. because he wants more. That's it. That's easy. Yeah. He yeah. did that. Done. Yeah. I mean, he's a slime ball. He like says yeah. kids are suckers. Like his parents will have to bail him out. Yeah. It felt like when, um, when Gerald and his dad are signing the – basically – they're signing the contract, and basically, if you're a kid, if you're a minor, you probably have to have a co-signing dad or mom, which is the same as like a college loan or a house loan. Like, if you yeah. don't qualify a certain way, you have to get co-signed. And it felt a little bit, yeah, it it, it when 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 the wacko boss, the wacko owner, says, "Oh, like his parents will have to bail him out," 
that feels like a millennial problem. It feels like uh, an American problem. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the car industry and with healthcare and with all these things that like the bailout is a complicated term. I'm not even saying it's negative. It's just an unfortunate reality of our economic system. Oh, totally. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it like this story really reflects the pitfalls of being a salesman, the, the problems with relying on like a capitalistic, uh, yeah, saturation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I noticed earlier, like when he's initially sitting down with his dad and he's talking about how he wants to go become, do it, go and essentially go into sales. Um, his dad asked him like, well, why don't you do these other things like mowing lawns or whatever? And I don't know really anything beyond this. It just came to my mind, but it seemed like this sort of shift between like labor, essentially like manual labor. Oh, interesting. And sales and like the sort of difference in how we perceive the work ethic. Yeah, probably. And I think maybe his dad is nudging to this in a way like the lifestyle of a salesman is like a little too much. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't actually teach you the value of a dollar, I mm, think is what he was saying. Mm. And I think he understands probably his dad understands probably the idea of fast money and how that makes yeah. you act. And yada, yada, yada. So I think there's something to that, like toiling for your money, like literally toiling. Yeah. I think, and this is romanticized, obviously makes you value the money more. Yeah. Whereas yeah. hustling to make your money, which is what sales is essentially, um, more perpetuates a sort of negative type of type of behavior. Right. Right. It, it, yeah. When you think of like the, the, the two most, uh, maybe referenced salesman stories in American literature is, uh, the play death of a salesman and the mm -hmm. musical music man are like all about the life of a salesman. Mm -hmm. Um, and one is more of a comedy, but both, both, if you are just looking at the narrative of the salesman, even the comedy, it's like, this is a sad life. And, totally. and, and one of them is like, one of them is a charlatan, music man, Harold Hills of the charlatan. And Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman is this sad sack who can't, he can't get out of debt. He can't, mm -hmm. like his kids don't look up to him. His like wife is unhappy. Um, and in both cases, like they're kind of slime balls that don't know what they don't know how to be upstanding American. Totally. But, but the story, like the story surrounding them is this like American dream. Like what can I, what can I gain from being a salesman? And I think the trope of a salesman, those might be the two fam most famous ones, but the trope of a salesman is very used in American fiction. And yeah. I think it's a uniquely American thing. Um, because it's, it's the self-made man, like you were mentioning, like the individual, it makes sense that Gerald would be interested in this because, um, it's, it's, you make your own hours. Like when you want to make more money, you can make more money. Um, and it's, it's not, um, it's not communal at all. It's even, even the best, most honest salesman is still trying to create a false sense of like you're part of something. So totally. when Gerald's talking to all those people on the corner street, it, it reminds, I mean, Gerald has always been the storyteller, the the weaver of narrative, the preacher, right? Like he he a lot of times sounds like a preacher, and even that moment of him selling on the street corner, he sounds like a preacher trying to bring in like new meat, basically. Like, would you know? Which is why a lot of people will critique the church as well, because it there it 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 can be a business. It can 
so so I don't know. I mean, that, that's like kind of a vomit of thoughts, but I think that's what the, we do here. Yeah, I I really like the trip of salesmen. I think it's it's a sad job that is pretty common in fiction. Yeah, and I I think a, a, another interesting part of it is, and you just touched on it, I think briefly, is it turns like every interaction he has yeah. into a potential sale, like a pitch or a yes. sale. Yep. Yep. And I think that sort of monetization or commodification of every situation is tragic. And I yes. think it, it, that's right. In it, in it, I think it leads back into what we're talking about him objectifying his sister mm-hmm. It's because it, it whoa. Yeah. yeah it becomes, yeah. everything becomes transactional and then yeah. people fall into that sort of pole as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when there's a moment for like clarity and vulnerability, he hides that. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the part where he opens up the door and all the boxes fall out when he's talking with Arnold is more comedic or like it's a visual metaphor for like how he's sinking. But earlier he does the same thing with his dad where he sees them about to fall out of the door, out of his closet while he's talking with his dad. And instead of saying, oh, dad, look out, uh, I'm swimming in watches and they're about to hit you in the head. He like runs and slams the door shut to hide it. Um, so even that it's like, he can't possibly break down his ego to, uh, reveal like what's actually going on. Um, yeah. Uh, and then another, another kind of direction we could go is Gerald's characterization of ego, how there are kind of two directions. His cool factor goes. One is that he's just naturally cool. I mean, in an episode, especially where it's not Gerald focused, he's like the coolest guy in school. He, is really sure of himself in a way that's not off-putting. Um, he's a good speaker. He um, is a loyal friend. He kind of, call, but he also calls it like he sees it, and and I think that's tied to like a healthy sense of of inflated ego. Like he he he's it's the positive yeah, side of like an uh, ego potentially. Yeah. Whereas or confidence, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, this episode when he moves out and the one where he works with Arnold at the flower shop, those three specifically. And all, all of which are about independence and being your own boss and all that, um, or lack thereof when he's working with Arnold, but he's having trouble working with Arnold and he ends up firing him and working by himself. So even there, it's a, it's still by himself. He, he doesn't want to accept help from others. He thinks he knows exactly what to do and it's not true. And I think that's a, I think that coin of, of Gerald's self-awareness is pretty fascinating because yeah, like I said, half the time he's the most confident, cool, healthy character. And the other half of the time he's making these sweeping promises that he can never keep. And, and then the, like, yeah, the merging of those two things is what makes him a good salesman. So it's like taking the good and the bad of his Uh personality and filtering it into a way to make money. Wow. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is the same thing. Yeah. Even with Mrs. Vitello's shop, like he, like he figures out a way to like make the money quick. Yes. Yeah, and I think so. Even and I think that's another tragic thing, maybe about the idea of the salesman is it takes sort of potentially good qualities within a person and potentially and, bad and potentially bad, and then it you not only do you monetize and commodify others, you do it to yourself as well. In the process, you're doing yeah. it to yourself. Wow. Yeah. He, there's some really good. There's two montages in this episode. The first is when he's doing a great job selling what he needs to sell. 
And the second time it's a montage where he realizes that he's saturated the market. Yeah. And the music is amazing. It's like this slow saxophone jazz and it's truly sad. The tone is, is it's like America gone bad. It's like, it's It's like he's done his job too well. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's great. And I don't know. And then it ends with some teenager, you know, truck driver throwing him more boxes like that's yeah. well and maybe someone who doesn't find the thing as problematic that we're saying would say a major flaw in what they're doing is they're making a product that's too good like the product doesn't break right you know what i mean right. so like if these products broke easier they'd have to buy more watches you know what i mean oh, that's interesting so like the idea yeah, of built-in obsoles- uh, obsolescence becomes a thing but that is a thing and no it totally is <laughs> and that product potentially is lacking that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you can smash it with a hammer which is surprising because 90s was water. like the like that's when the birth of that yeah like the 80s and yeah 80s, 80s and 90s like everything's like a cheap plastic that, yeah in four years is just going to explode yeah well now it's i mean that's our tech world oh it's even like, theoretically like like oh like <laughs> snapchat's the thing why are you using vine oh instagram's the thing why are you yeah. using snapchat like or even like your phone like you have like an iphone 6 and you do like an update and now iphone to to date this episode iphone 8s are out and if you have right. an iphone 6 still and you use the newest update it basically destroys your phone yeah yeah like so they make it so it's impossible basically to keep an old thing yeah this is a depressing episode it is but it's a really good one i think yeah and you know what like we're selling this for free guys we're selling it for free this podcast yeah yes, we, we want money don't get us wrong yeah we want a lot of things so far we have one very sweet contributor thank you who's keeping the lights on very literally <laughs> that's right no that's aaron vaughn that's true thank you aaron sure. um if you guys haven't seen my sister's uh illustration work um go i'm trying to think of the best way to buy her work go to etsy uh and just look up aaron vaughn what a salesman uh, yeah it's good she has a website too but it's easier just to go straight to etsy she does some great illustrations they're fantastic they are uh I'm surrounded by them right now we are We're, we work in her studio for those of you who didn't know a little inside scoop um i'm trying to think i don't uh i think we covered every single Everything. base oh i i uh i i do you like um, when Mr. Wacko invites Gerald to the Golden Circle? Because it makes it sound. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Can, yeah. I, can I throw it out do there? It. Yeah. Um, we have seen a rebirth of Ponzi schemes, multi level marketing schemes, get rich quick schemes. And I feel like, I mean, when we were kids, it was still the mail this letter you know like chain mail right um i'm trying to think what else like there wasn't i i think the 90s it was pretty big and by the time we were in junior high high school it kind of died out a little bit um like it wasn't part of the echelon as much well but then you have like those what is the 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 supplements and all that so that's so now it's back yeah it's back so you have like supplements is that it yeah herbal life um uh you know different stuff surrounding uh uh like working out um like like i don't even know i I guess it's supplements i don't even know like i can't i can't watch i think yeah our our, adam our friends are peddling themselves to facebook yeah like 
in my opinion, if any of you do this stuff, it's fine. You got to make a living. If you're making money, great. Please. I don't think the people are making money though. Then they're lying because they always say they are. They're like, I make so much money. I can work from it's home now. I bought a car. But these are people I know. Like I they're, went to I went to college with these people. I hope they're not listening. If their they life are. is tragic. There's a really good uh, John Oliver about this very topic, and literally in the episode. There are people with these supplements and shit where they don't know what to do with them and they're filling up their garage and closets. That's that's what yeah that's, that's what this become. episode's about. But, but it's but you it's more sad because it's people talking into a computer now instead of yes, just yes, like, yes. like 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 there there are things that are borderline a problem but I think are fine. So like Avon the Avon salesman Tupperware Cutco those are like hard but if you do it right it's it's. It can be fun and like a social gathering. Like you have Tupperware parties, Avon parties. Like, like why would you just want to hang out with your friends when you can hang out with your friends and make money? Exactly, off of exactly. But that's still that's like a slight better than like an actual pyramid scheme, you know? That's like Gerald. He said, "Like, sorry, Dad, there's no family discounts with the watches. I'm covered, son." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, don't but, bring your fucking Tupperware. So over I'm gonna quote. I'm I'm gonna quote uh, my friend uh, Anne. I don't know if she even listens to this, but she tweeted like, "Oh." I don't, it's one of the, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it was a tweet that just said, dear Lord, if I have daughters, please give them the strength not to peddle Avon. And what was the thing you said? Uh, 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 no, no, the other one, um, supplements to, to, to peddle off Avon supplements and essential oils on Facebook. Amen. Like that's the dream is to not do that. Yeah. Like I would. I, I, I want to say that I would never, and I hope I would never. And if you do, can you guys email us and tell us what, what <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out? It, I, no, they're just trying to make, you can email us. Please do. We love to read them, but the, um, they're just trying to make a buck, a buck and they're having a rough go. It's hard out there. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm grateful to have a job. Thanks for yeah. making this serious, Adam. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, let's all, let's all just pray that our kids don't have to do what we're doing. Oh, but so go on. I'm in a, I'm going to, I'm going to do all on the fly on mic. Can we change the music choice? I have a song that just came to mind. That's fantastic. What? Yeah. Later on at the very end. Uh, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it. that was a little housekeeping that came out right on mic. Yeah. It's on mic. Um, I mean, it better be good. It'll be uh, fantastic. Okay. We can use yours another time. Fine. That's good. Well, I, I, I was going to, I was, I was going to play Susie had a tugboat. But uh, uh, no, that's a handle joke. That is so deep cut. Forget it. You, you'll get it. Only in like potato four salad seasons. boy will understand yeah. that joke. Uh, you know, you're in the, in the weeds when the, your co-host has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, well let's let's wrap up here. Um, cry of the week. Oh yeah, you yeah, but you go first. I mean Gerald, Gerald walking and seeing that he's already sold everything. That like he puts his hands in his pockets. It's like he's completely given up. That music tied to dejected Gerald is heartbreaking, and I would give that uh, probably four tears, four out of five. It's very moving. Death of a salesman, if if you, if you will. Um, Music man, if you will. I'll, I'll give it five tears. Whoa, full cry. Full cry. Um, I think that the like the voice acting in that scene that we played is fantastic, where he's pacing around yeah, the room yeah, yeah. and muttering him to himself. And just the I, I was raised by a salesman, and so I... Hi, Adam's dad. Yeah, and so 
I understand the way that personality and I hope he's not listening to this ego gets wrapped up into what you do. And I think it's very tragic to see somebody feel, I think the reason that I'm such a lefty is because I was raised by a salesman. (laughs) Interesting. So, uh, but I think if you, I think when you read death of a salesman, you finish it. uh If you're not at least convicted by the problems with, um, uh, like an uber capitalist society, you don't have to throw it away, but if you're not at least convicted, yeah, then that's a problem. So yeah, it makes yeah. it makes sense that if you had death of the sales, well, it's not that depressing. It's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you had a like a, a strong salesman experience your whole life, it would make sense that you would come out uh, totally with some sort of critique against like yeah a hyper uh, capitalist nature. Well, and I think the idea that people feel like people like especially if you grew up in the eighties and nineties, I think. And that's like your formative time. And say you're financially killing it at that point. If things take a bad turn, like you've been told you're like through, especially through the eighties and nineties that if like, if you don't make it, it's because you did something wrong yeah. or you're lazy. Not necessarily that like there is inherent, there's like winners and losers in capitalism that are very distinct essentially. And that, that is just the way that it goes essentially. And yeah, you, there's, there is, I'm not saying there is no self-determination right, and right. autonomy. That those goes things on. are important. Those, those, things, yeah, those are... things are important and they exist very, very truly. But there are also people that are like, are at the wrong place, at the wrong time mm-hmm. essentially. And the system doesn't help them very much. And it often makes them feel like their reason for doing poorly is solely on their shoulders. And I think seeing that uh, is very tragic and seeing it in Gerald is really tragic. And, um, uh, I think Arnold's sort of surface level, but trying to help him out in that yeah, moment, yeah. critique, but help, trying to help him out is is very kind. Um, but yeah, I think that that's super sad. I don't know. No, that's really good. I, well, that yeah, that's the other. That would be the other scene for me. Those both those scenes are like, yeah, pretty heavy. Um, and I think the tone of this, the melancholy in the the tone of this episode is, is just very good well, and it, somber. It, it hops from like greasy and cheap to somber like pretty easily and pretty quickly. Totally. Um, and, and I think that is a lot of where the world that we're talking about is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the thing you're touching on about death of a salesman and the, those sorts of uh, literary, uh, cultural, uh, fictional, tropes, fictional yeah. tropes about the salesman world is I think it very easily goes in both those directions. Yes. Yeah. Like um, when Gerald pays his lap like he he's buying everybody ice cream and he has to reach into his pocket to grab the last dollar there's this like realization and i and i wrote you know i I mentioned i wrote down uh money in your pocket doesn't mean anything yeah And, and i think that's really the moment where you see that like he pulls out that last dollar buys his friend an ice cream and then what he's now has no more dollars and his response isn't like, oh, I probably shouldn't spend my money so fast. His his response was, oh, I just got to sell more watches. Totally. Like, there's no – the self-critical – the healthy self, self-awareness self that allows for some good self-criticism doesn't come until he realizes that – I mean, it, and it needed to happen this way. He needed to realize that not only is money – money in your pocket doesn't, need any, doesn't mean anything, but further than that, making a sale – doesn't equate success. Well, I think that's why, like you were saying, it goes from like, say cheap and sleazy to sad is because in the way that he's spending money is shallow. Right. And then when it's gone, 
it, you sort of you realize too much about what you've done too quickly and in too much depth because now you're sort of questioning what you've done and you have no fucking money. So right, your, right. Sy- your psyche and your material wealth or your material well-being are being questioned right. simultaneously, which is rough. This is good. This episode is good because there's so many the, – the cries of the week – there's I, I'm, thinking, throughout the I think, I'm thinking of one more is the end when Arnold goes, so how are you going to buy those roller, roller blades? Totally. Like it's full circle. Yeah. Um, he went through all of that, like stress and um, like, like selling of himself. Totally. He did all of that. And if he had at least gotten the skates, it's like, good job, man. Like, yeah. like you, you did, you worked hard. You got the thing you wanted, but instead he worked hard, spent it hard <laughs> and like didn't, and, and like made dumb decisions. Well, um, like yeah. he could have bought those skates. He had the money totally. to do it. Totally. But he got caught up in the lifestyle. And that's the way it goes, my man. Yeah, that's the way it, it goes. That's you know, you want, you want you want to drive that Bentley around. You know what well, I'm that's saying? Like, is that a car? I think it, it is. is. I think so. I've never seen one, but when that's like the, the a long time ago the formation of corporations was that way. Yeah. It's like they were formed to get something done. Like you needed to build a road or you needed to make a bridge or you need to do right, certain right, things. Right. They served a purpose. There was a utility. Like you created this thing and then you did this thing and then the thing was basically right, dissolved. Right. And then they became obviously now they're ubiquitous. They're in everything and everywhere. They're all over the globe in the farthest reaches of the world and it becomes part of are in, 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 it becomes embedded in society, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what goes on with him. Like instead of it being transactional, like oh, I want this thing; it would be really fun to have. I could ha- play with my friends yeah, and do yada yada, yeah. yada. It becomes he becomes immersed in sort of the lifestyle right, of being right, a right, right. Yeah, and it would have been a romantic look at uh, a childhood job if he had bought it. Totally. Like, like, and and there is something very American about you know the children's story of, and I'm making this up, but like the children's story of like like starting their own business and like buying the thing they want. That's like, yeah. that's like selling lemonade. To yeah. Get yeah. It's like adorable. Yeah, yeah. It's adorable. And, and in one regard, it's adorable. And in another regard, it's propaganda to get you into the capitalism. Yeah. I mean, the kids, if you walk down a children's toys aisle, like there is a cash register for sure. Yeah. Totally. And it's not the positive of course is kids need to learn how to, how to count money. Like that's, yeah. it's not, the, I feel like the the critiques today it, are not as commie as I thought. They're more like um, like realistic critiques of like of of the greed that is found in capitalism. It, it, totally. Like yeah. the, 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 this episode's a combination of greed and ego, and I don't feel like this is about throwing away the cash register in the children's toys aisle. It's about being aware of it and saying that's that's and like. That's inviting our kids into a transactional lifestyle yeah. that is necessary and important, but a problem too. Like what this episode is essentially saying is like, don't get your kid like a cash register in the toy aisle. Like get him like a Mark's bobblehead or something like that. Something he'll really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, and just a quick uh, a cultural uh, connection is um, – at the very beginning when he's looking at the roller skates, it's like exactly the same as in Wayne's world when Wayne and Garth are looking through the window and he sees a strat, a white Stratocaster that he really wants. The way that he describes the components of the guitar is very similar to how the way they yeah. describe the components of the ra- roller blades. It's a very similar situation. It's super funny that they did that. I've only seen that movie once. It's, I loved it. I need to yeah. watch it again. I watched it within like six months. The first time I watched Dumb and Dumber, I was like 20. Mm-hmm. I was like 19 mm-hmm. and the first time I watched Wayne's world, I was like 20. I like have seen that movie a million times all through my childhood. 
I'll say my between the two because those two are like similar, like like gross out, laugh out loud humor. Yeah, Wayne's World is by far better. Oh yeah, by yeah. Dumb and Dumber's funny, but Wayne's World is by far better. Totally. Yeah, they're both good. Thank you for joining us on Wayne's World uh, <laughs> Three, the podcast. Uh, oh, so Cry of the Week's done. Uh, we'll have music in a second. Uh, do you know who it is? We'll get it. I mean, maybe we'll even play it right now. But what? Yeah, it's uh, we played him in the car the other day. This guy, Alex Cameron. This is not a, a sexual track that he did. That's funny. Oh, that's uh, right. But he his whole thing is around what we're talking about. He takes like this sleazy sort of failed. His thing is like failed showbiz guy, aging showbiz oh, guy. Oh. But his earlier album called Jumping the Shark. Um, is a lot about this. It's about like the gross, like sort of eighties salesman type yeah. personality and like making money, chasing women, but like being a sad sack and being depressing yeah. and depressed. And his music is fantastic. And the storytelling is very similar, but there's a specific song. I don't know the title off the top of my head. That's perfect for this. It's perfect that you don't know the title or the song. Oh, for that, for this episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it's Alex Cameron. What's the name of the album again? Uh, Jumping the shark is, Jumping the, is shark. the album. Is okay. That's, that's enough. Um, yeah. Uh, email. So email us. We, you know, we'd like to start answering emails, uh, over the air would be really fun. Um, but we need you to, uh, email us. Yeah. We got uh, it. it's hey. at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, uh, advice, uh, uh critiques. Yeah. That'd be um, all be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and oh, stop what you're doing. If you're still hanging around, you probably have stopped it by now. But if not, please, please write and review. Just stop what you're doing. Go on to go on iTunes or wherever uh, your uh, uh, podcasts are found and uh, rate and review. That would be great. Yeah, we would love that. Um, join us next week as we talk more about Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Show.